Welcome to Life in Purple, providing you with the latest from women entrepreneurs, amazing mums, human interest stories, and celebrity guests. Your host, Laura Sprague, discusses women's topics such as success, empowerment, perseverance, lifestyle, and much more. Laura also offers a fun and unique perspective while providing listeners with valuable tips on how to successfully conquer the many issues women may face. Come experience your life in purple. And now, here's your host, the life coach with the most, Laura Sprague. Hello, Lip Talk Nation. Welcome to Life in Purple. I'm your host, Lara Sprague, and I want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode. Before I introduce our special guest, Amber Chin, I just want to say I hope that you have been able to listen to some of our previous episodes, the one with Julie May on Stop Comparing Yourself to Others, and with Amanda Rupley who teaches people how to overcome life's curveballs. Now, if you haven't had a chance to hear any episodes, I would love for you to go on over to liptalknation.com, and there you'll find more resources such as our blog, coaching, and much, much more. On our show today, we have an outstanding guest who is paving the way for people to conquer grief. She's an entrepreneur, speaker, and vice president of one of the nation's most powerful networking groups, RLI, which means Referral Leaders International. Amber Chin is a personal friend of mine, and I know you will absolutely fall in love with her when you hear her speak. Amber's hosts many webinars for people who need a place to heal and conquer the grieving process. Thank you, Amber, for being on the show, and welcome to Life in Purple. How are you today? It's so awesome to be here. I'm doing great. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here and, and to be a guest of yours. Wow, what an energy-packed um beginning to our awesome interview. I'm so excited and I've been looking forward to this day. So thank you so much for having me. Amber, this is going to be a fun interview. I just got to tell my listeners right now, I already feel the energy feeding off of uh, you and myself. So I am definitely excited um, just as much as you are. So it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Amber. And I know already a little bit about your story and how you had to overcome two great losses in your life pretty much back to back. But before we get into all of that, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you came from and where you got started as an entrepreneur? Absolutely. I would love to share with you. So I was actually born and raised in a small town in eastern Kentucky. I was born into a coal mining population, and uh, my mother had me out of wedlock, actually. Uh, I still to this day don't know who my biological father is, and that's a journey that I'm still continuing to be on to hope hope one day to locate him. Um, but I was born into a, a mentality and a, a way of life that just really wasn't what I always wanted. I always wanted to be better, and I wanted to achieve things, and I had great dreams for a future. And I knew that living in a small town in eastern Kentucky, it was going to be very difficult and challenging uh, for me to find my way. I knew that God had different plans for my life. And so uh, after I finished high school, I, I looked uh, to what I could do and what I could accomplish uh, in in my life. And that is when I realized, you know, I really don't want to be an, an employee. 
all of my life. I, I want to I want to serve God and I want to do the things that He's made me to be and, and do the things that I know that are going to help other people and change lives and impact lives. That's what I want to do. And so I had this spirit um, all through my childhood, and I was actually raised by my grandmother who. Um, she, she's one of the strongest people that I know, and she gave me a lot of strength and a lot of encouragement uh, because of, of my upbringing and being in her shadows all of those years. And so it strengthened me and made me who I wanted to be, but it also made me want to be independent. It made that entrepreneur spirit in me be even stronger uh, than it was on its own. And so uh, that that's probably a little brief overview of, of my beginnings, I guess you would say. Amber, you know what I really love about what you just said is you talk about your mentality and that you didn't even know, you know, who your father is even to this day, but you had great dreams and you, um, you were still able to think for yourself and you knew that you could do more than just living in a small town. And I know you're not saying living in a small town is, is bad in any way, but I know, uh, just from knowing you a little bit, that your drive was born at such a young age to succeed, you know, and I love how you pointed out how you were raised by your grandmother, too. I know many listeners out there, you know, have similar stories already to this, and I can't wait for them to hear the rest of your story. So I have a question for you, which is almost, you almost answered it, but I want to know if you always knew that you wanted to be an entrepreneur or in a position to help others. Well... There was a pivotal point in my life. Uh, I was actually in high school, and one of my best friends, I mean, he was like my best friend that I went to for everything. We talked, we saw each other every single day, got into a motorcycle accident, and actually passed away my senior year of high school. And um, going to his funeral and seeing the grief in my classmates and seeing um, the things that people were going through, and then also living in a community where there wasn't a whole lot of success. There was success if you were a doctor or attorney or a teacher or, or something along a professional field, but there was no, um, there was no success in, in the town, and I saw the struggle there. I saw the struggle of, of people dealing with grief and not having a place to go or resources to go to or um, understanding what is happening and why they're reacting the way that they are. And so I think um, that was definitely a pivotal point in my life and in, in saying, okay, I, this has happened. How can I react to it? And how can I use my life to be able to bless these other people uh, that are going through the similar struggles that, you know, I'm going through? And so that probably my senior year in high school is when I really nailed it down more. Lip Talk Nation, did you just hear what Amber said? She wanted to know how she could bless others. Even though she was going through a grieving process, you know, losing her best friend, she talks about how can I bless others. And I really um, want the listeners out there, Amber, to understand that they can choose the same thing. They can ask the same question. And it's not about necessarily what you're going through and to feel it and to um, get mad, but it's how to bless others. So basically, do you think this was how your passion began, or how did your passion begin to help others? Well, there's one of my favorite quotes is, every single time that you help someone else, a piece of your brokenness mends. 
And I love that quote. It just speaks life into anyone that's hurting. And so I would take my grief and I would take my hurt and I would take my pain and I would try to summon up something inside of me that would bless someone else, whether it just be a note, whether it be an encouraging word, uh, whether it be me dropping by just to say hello. And I started doing those little tiny things, even in the midst of pain and hurt and heartbreak and um, all of the sufferings of my childhood. My, my childhood was not perfect by any means. Um, my mother was extremely emotionally ill. She was bipolar. I grew up in a home with um, my aunt was schizophrenic, and she also was in the household. And I was raised by my grandmother who was trying to take care of them as well. And so it, it was just um, my childhood was whoever could take care of me, and I kind of became a loner. And so I, I figured being a loner, I mean, how can I take this and use it and bless other people? And so that's kind of where that started. And um, in my childhood, I would help. I would help around my house. I would do things. And I always wanted to bless other people around me. I didn't know that I was blessing other people then. I just thought that I was helping them. And um, and then it kind of turned into a passion of mine once I, I went through and experienced grief and what grief was. And I knew that I could take my hurt and my pain and I could heal it if I wanted to by helping other people uh, on their journey as well. Amber, so. I gotta say that um, you just pointing this out, taking your pain to bless others is a gift, you know. And then you started practicing the gift, and then you were be able to take, you know, being a loner and even turning that into a gift, and that um, resonates so beautifully with with me, you know, learning that from you because I want to be the same, and I hope the listeners out there as well want to do the same, is take your pain to bless others. So could you tell us a little bit about the obstacles that you had to overcome specifically on becoming an entrepreneur? Well, it was the beginning when I first decided that I wanted something more, okay? Uh, I started my journey. I, I was attending a college in eastern Kentucky a small university called Pikeville College, now it's University of Pikeville. And um, I was attending there. I wanted something better. Um, I got my degree in business, and I knew that I wanted to start something, but I had no clue what. And so I decided from the very beginning that I was going to have to leave home. I didn't really want to leave home, but I needed to leave home. And so my brother offered to open up his home in Nashville to me, and I actually moved into his basement for months. And I decided that um, I wanted to be more, and I knew that that was going to take me getting outside of my comfort zone. So my comfort zone was the country. My comfort zone was my coal mining town. Uh, My comfort zone was my family, and I knew I had to be outside of that. I had an awesome example in my brother uh, who moved away from home at a very young age because he knew that he didn't want to be a coal miner, and he knew that he wanted more in life, and so he moved to Nashville on a hope and a dream, him and his wife, and and they built a beautiful life together there. And so um, that was kind of my inspiration in that is just following him. And uh, so I had to get out of my comfort zone. That was the biggest obstacle. And then uh, I decided to move to Kansas City, and uh, when I decided to move to Kansas City, I was going to be all in. I was going to be 12 hours from home. It was going to be a huge step for me. And I knew that when I made that step that it was going to be progress. But I was going to be very lonely at times 
I was going to feel very alone at times, that I um, was going to have so many obstacles come up. But I knew there was something inside of me. There's a fighter spirit inside of me that said, you know, no matter what, you're going to make it through this and you're going to get stronger and you're going to learn things and you're going to be able to apply things to your life. You're going to be able to help people and bless people. And there's so many job opportunities there. And there's so much there that you're going to be able to do. And, and so uh, overcoming the obstacle of just being alone and then um, just my, overcoming my confidence, that was huge. And I know so many ladies can relate to that. The loss of my confidence uh, really hit me hard, uh, like I said, in, in 2012. Uh, when my, I lost my brother and my mom. And so that was probably the biggest loss of, comp, uh, of, of my obstacles and the biggest part that I had to overcome on my own. And so does that answer your question? Absolutely, Amber. And I just really want the listeners to grab a hold of that, how you still decided, you know, and that's what we hear in your voice. We hear optimism and we also hear passion. And I know some of them out there listening are struggling for their passion because they're letting the grief hit them, hit them hard. And I'm going to ask you now, you know, about your two great losses. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about what that was like for you? Sure. Um, well, I had just I had just started my own business here in Kansas City, and I was on this new journey, and things were starting to look up, and I was starting to get traction, and I thought I was being really optimistic, and things were going great, and then all of a sudden, I, I actually just met my husband, and we had been on our first date. We were on our second date, and uh, I got the phone call that nobody wants to get no family member wants to get and uh, it was a Saturday and I got a call that my brother had been found and that he didn't make it and uh, he had had a drug overdose he had battled addiction his whole entire adult life and so it was kind of one of those um, I didn't want it to happen I didn't want to believe that it was going to happen but I always knew in the back of my mind that it could happen and uh, so it, it was a devastating time, and I just remember, uh, actually, we were at Timothy's house, and we were making spaghetti that day because we were having a date day, and I just remember setting the phone down. I just put the noodles on the stove, and I remember time stopping for just a moment, and I remember feeling like a plate that had dropped on the floor, and I had broken to a million pieces all over and uh, I stopped what I was doing. I went into the closet, into his walk-in closet in his bedroom. I shut the door, and I just emotionally dropped to the ground, just like that plate, like I said. And I just, I, I couldn't believe it had happened. And uh, so I, I had to deal with all of the planning of the funeral and, and getting through just the little details of everything because the only, it's me and my two brothers, and so one had just passed away, and my mom, um, she wasn't really active in our lives, so there wasn't really anyone to step up into uh, taking on the role of making sure that things were planned. So I got really consumed in taking care of everything, making sure everything was prepared, and I was just really holding myself together by shoestring. It wasn't something that uh, just went by easy. And so the months went by, we got back home, Kansas City and I, I was just I, I didn't know what God had planned I, I didn't know the hardest probably the hardest thing about that was 
having my 12-year-old niece, uh, having gone through everything with her because she just lost her father. And so that was probably one of the hardest trials of my life. And then getting home, getting back settled into the way of life and picking back up where I left off. And then two months later in July, getting a call that my mother had been found and she passed away of a heart attack. And so it was once again, it, it was bam, bam. And I just could not believe. And I kept, uh, I kept wanting to blame someone. I kept wanting to look up at the sky and say, God, why did you do this to me? Why did you want uh, all these bad things to happen to me at once? And, and I kept wanting to blame all of uh, the bad things in my life on him and and what I had to learn was and we'll talk a little bit more about that because I'm sure you'll have some questions but that was that was the biggest part of my beginning of my grief journey loss of my confidence loss of my hope loss of my faith everything went down the drain uh in those two months in 2012 and so that was probably the biggest pivotal point there so Amber, you really had gone through a lot in a short amount of time. And the one thing that stands out to me, and maybe the listeners too, is that you said that you were almost in denial in the back of your mind, especially about your brother, how he was going through uh, an addiction that you saw, but you basically wanted to ignore it. You didn't want to see it, you know. And I know the Mm -hmm. listeners out there, many of them are living in denial. And maybe, what's a question that you can shout out to the listeners to ask themselves if they're in denial right now? What is the question that can help them start seeing a brighter future? The question to ask yourself is, what does my circumstances point back to? What, what do they point back to? They point back to the decisions that we've made in life. And they point back to every single little choice that we've made in our life. And so I think looking at your circumstances as a whole and what has led up to them it is really a question to ask yourself and to ponder on. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Lip Talk Nation, did you catch that? You have to look at your circumstances and ask yourself as a whole and not necessarily that specific incident. Now, I know we're going to get pretty deep into this, uh, Amber, but I really want the listeners out there because some of them are just like you or have just been through what you have already been through. So what was that moment like when you knew that you could heal and that you could help others who were going through the same thing? Could you describe that to us? Absolutely. So um, I came home after my mom's funeral and it just went downhill from there. Okay. I got into bed I literally did not get out of bed for two solid weeks. I just would get up and go to the bathroom and go back to bed. And I was absolutely a miserable human being because I could not figure out why this all had happened to me. I just kept asking myself, why, 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 why? And I would replay all these scenarios in my head and I would want to go back and I would ruminate on all of the things that I wish I could change in my relationship with my mom and with my brother. And I wanted all of those things to be different. Um, but I remember the day so clearly. I remember the day so clearly. I was um, actually in my apartment and Timothy came over to the house and he walked in my bedroom and he pulled the covers off of me and he said, we're going to get up and we're going to get you some help. Now, take in mind, I have been in bed for two and a half weeks. And so I did not want any help. 
I did not want to get up out of bed, and I didn't want anyone bothering me. I prayed every single night and every single morning and all the time that I would just go to sleep and I wouldn't wake up. And I know some of the listeners can really relate to that. Sometimes in life, it's to that point. You just don't want you don't want to wake up. And that's where I was. And he said, we're going to go downtown and we're going to talk to the pastors and uh, we're, we're going to get you some help. And uh, I had a very bad previous experience with my church. And I did not want, at that time, I was not trusting anyone. I didn't trust God. I didn't trust my pastors. I didn't trust anyone. And so from my previous experience, I just didn't want that kind of energy in my life at that time. And I pushed him as far away as I possibly could because I had been hurt so badly. And uh, we went to the church and we met with the pastor. And I told him my story. And I told him kind of with a frustrated attitude because I was hoping, I was just hoping at the end of our conversation that he would say, well, there's really nothing we can do for you. You know, that's what I I had planned that he was going to say. But when our conversation ended, he reached over, he put his hand on my knee, and he said, we're going to do whatever we have to do to get you back healthy. He said, if we have to pay, we're going to pay for your counseling, we're going to help you, we're going we're gonna to stand by you, we're going to be a support group for you. And I was just blown away by the grace, by the mercy by the love that this pastor had for me. And um, it completely changed my whole perspective on what, uh, what life was, what it was about. And at that very moment, something changed in my heart. I said, you know, there is grace in this world. There is love in this world. I've just not been around the right people to find it. I've just not, I've, my whole life I've been surrounded by people who have loved me, that have, that have blessed me, but I've never really experienced the full grace and mercy of Jesus. And uh, that's where my life really began to shift and change. I continued to go to church. Uh, I continued, and, and it was all, I had never, I had went to this church one time. I was not an active member of this church. I had, and, and so when they took me in and took me on in, in full speed, I, I had then became committed to coming to church because inside of me, I thought, well, I don't want to feel like I'm using them, so I need to go to church and I need to be active and I need, and so it committed me to being involved. And so the help, that's that's really where my life started taking a pivotal turn. Um, and it was several months after my brother and mom passed away. Uh, wow, Amber, I'm I'm so in awe with how your husband, who wasn't your husband yet, you know, came and got you no. after two and a half mm-hmm. weeks. But, and, and this is so important for our Lip Talk Nation to hear because there's a lot of people out there who are, are who don't want help, who are saying don't want help. But I want to ask you, um, I want to ask you. Why did it affect you so much when he came and got you? Because I know that there are people who out out there that don't want help, but really are wanting it, you know. And um, mm-hmm. I want to know what that was like. What what was it in your head? You know, did you? Um, because there's, I just want the listeners to understand, you know, the pain that right. Yeah, now. absolutely. So I didn't want him to come and get me. I didn't want anybody to bother me. I didn't want. I thought that I had it all under control, and I thought that I was steering my own will, 
But in, in when it came down to it, Laura, I was just a mess. I needed someone to take the pieces of the broken plate on the kitchen floor and put them back together. And I did not understand that at that moment. I, I was so broken that I was blinded by my brokenness. And I just couldn't see the, the good and the hope in life. And so there was no hope because I was so blinded by all the brokenness. And, and so um, him coming that day and him rescuing me, I always say, I, I always laugh because my favorite thing to say is he fell in love with me before he knew he loved me because he fell in love with me at my worst point in life. It was the worst time that I could have ever been, you know, starting a relationship to someone, with someone. And I'd even told him, you know, after, after everything had happened, I told him, you know, I really just want to kind of, be by myself right now and I really don't need a relationship going on right now but he didn't give up on me and he he knew that I, I was he was going to be committed to me good or bad and uh, there may be some of, of y'all out there that are fighting that you're, you're fighting wanting to get help and you're fighting someone wanting to come into your life and help you and I tell you it may not you may not have somebody in your life wanting to help you it doesn't matter. You need to get help. Because when we're going through these struggles, it's not about listening to someone else's opinion or listening to someone else's advice or anything like that. It's just about hearing someone else's perspective. Because their perspective can shift your perspective. And you can gain great hope and faith out of someone else's perspective on life and you gain their energy and uh, and through counseling and through uh, grief support groups and through all the things that are available, they're readily available, they're online, there's things that you can do online, there's books you can read, there's all kinds of resources. And so um, even if you don't have someone in your life to help you along that journey, get it for yourself. Do it for yourself because it will put you in such a better place and help you along that journey uh, of becoming whole and complete again. What great advice, Amber. I really want the listeners out there who are actually some of my stronger listeners that know of somebody who is broken and somebody who is grieving, and I want you to go out and reach out to them today, even if they told you no. So I want you to go out and undo the covers and, and go and get help, just like Amber mentioned, you know, read those books. And um, thank you so much, Amber, again, for sharing this part of your story, which is so um, intimate. But I, I want to ask you another question about um, some of the lies that you may have been telling yourself. Were there any, you know, specifically, I'm not good enough, because I know that's a lot of uh, what our listeners struggle with. Tons of lies. Oh, I'm hopeless. No one will ever love me. I'm a mess. I would pray, you know, to not to wait to not wake up the next day. And let me just tell you, there's so many lies that I would tell myself every single day. And you know what? I came to learn that's what the enemy wants. He wants us living in a state of defeat. He wants our defenses down, and he wants us to resolve weak and flimsy. He wants us to be like a limp noodle on the ground. Surrendering an army of insecurities and, and misdiagnosis and instead of courageously thriving in a sophisticated security of our identity and who we are. Because when we believe those lies, we're giving in to a, an, an enemy. He's wedging a fort in between 
who we are and who we should be. And uh, that is, I mean, so many lies over the years. And I just wish that I could go back and take all that time back that I told myself all those lies. Now, I'm not saying that I don't tell myself lies now. They pop up. They still pop up. And I still have insecurities. I still have flaws. And they're things that I've learned to overcome. And so I know you probably have some more questions to ask me. But, yes. Many lives, many years, and it's an ongoing fight for sure. I love how you conquered a lot of the lies that you told yourself, but you're so raw and honest in saying uh, that you still struggle with the lies. Slip Talk Nation, no one out there is perfect. But I want to know right now, Amber, if, if there's any affirmations that you tell yourself to help conquer those lies when they pop up. Is that part of your routine? Do you, What do you talk? What do you say to yourself? Well, I actually have on my mirror downstairs in my bathroom, um, I have affirmations that I do every single morning, Laura, and they just help me conquer um, the day. They help me to be better. And I say it to myself while I'm I'm brushing my teeth and I'm washing my face in the morning. So I say, I have amazing potential. I can make good choices. I am never alone. I can do hard things. I am beautiful inside and out. I am of great worth, and he has a plan for me, and I know who I am. I'm the daughter of the one true king. I say it every single morning to myself, and it helps me start my day off in a much better lot when I have that in front of me, and I'm telling myself that every single morning. And so I also, um, now... You're going to laugh because I'm, have you got to watch the movie War Room yet? No, I haven't, but go ahead. Okay. Well, you got to watch it because the, the movie War Room is about having a prayer room. And I've always had a prayer room. And so watching the movie, I kind of had to laugh because I have a little area in my closet where I go to and I have prayers posted all over the wall. And I, I go in there every single day. And the reason that I do that is so that I can remember those prayers. And when I'm having a weak moment in my day working from home, I see the same four walls every day in my office. And so it gives me an escape. It gives me somewhere to go and to remember and, and to give thanks and praise uh, to the one who, who has mended me and, and brought me back to life. And so um, having a place in your home where you can go and you can affirm yourself and you can be full and you can be full of energy and you can get your energy back up in your low moments. That is the biggest, that is probably the biggest thing as far as affirmations go. Amber, I, again, love how um, raw and honest you are here with us and saying, yes, I do say this. Yes, I do struggle, but this is what I do to conquer the struggle. So, Amber, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit, and I want to know um, a little bit how much uh, how you achieved your success. You know, I want to know about your favorite part of this journey so far. Oh, there's so many favorite parts. So I've I've been so blessed. It's been such a great ride and and continues to be a great ride every single day that I get up. Um, My success has been uh, attributed to all of the things that I've experienced because it's developed a, a deep compassion inside of me that has made me have a drive and more of a passion to help people. And I feel their pain and I feel their hurt. 
and I feel where they're coming from. And without the experiences in my life of losing my mom and losing my brother and losing my friend in high school and also losing several other people in my life, um, it has helped me to be able to really tune in to others' feelings. And so when I walk into a room, I know when someone is hurting, I can feel it. I feel it on them. I sense it on them in their attitude, in their in the way they're carrying themselves. I can sense it. And so my great accomplishment, I guess you would say in life, has been taking those really, really, really bad moments and using them to understand and love and be able to give more to other people around me. And so my success in our company has came through my husband pouring in 100% to the company and wanting to give back to business owners and entrepreneurs and, and just loving people. And, and how can we connect them more? How can we build their business? How can we give them discount programs to where they're, you know, they're using them in their business and making money back that way? And and, and we just pour into that every single day when our feet hit the floor. And so it's been a combination. Our success has been a combination of my brokenness and Timothy's strong will to want to come beside me and have a partnership with me to work at our company and make it as successful as we can, not for us, but for the people that we're helping and the, our members across the nation that we're helping and we're giving back to. And so that's probably been the biggest thing success-wise that I can think of is just being able to see um, our people succeed through what we have done together. And so that's really cool. Amber, I, again, am so excited to my for the listeners to get to know you because, you know, we talk about in our first episode about how feelings is a gift and you just said it. You have the gift to feel what others feel. And so Lip Talk Nation, Amber Chin has the superpower of feelings and I want all of you out there to resonate with with this, you know, feelings are not a sign of weakness, which when you learned how to do that, Amber, you said that you turned it into greatness and that you were able to pour mm-hmm. into people, which pours into success, which, you know, success just follows when you do that. So one more mm-hmm. question for you is, do you have any heroes that you look up to? Do you have any, you know, body that you just absolutely get all of your source of strength from outside of God and your husband? Absolutely. So when I get ready to speak, whether I'm speaking at a church or women's group or whatever, um, I always pull up any video that I can find on, on YouTube or I'll pop in a devotional in my car on the way there. And I always tend to listen to Beth Moore or Lisa Turkish or I always put Carrie Job on some music on to lift my spirits. Beth Moore has probably been the most pivotal point. I actually I, I developed my relationship with Jesus. Uh, at a friend's house who invited me to a Bible study. And it was after all of my brokenness and everything had happened, and I pushed God so far away, and she had invited me to a Bible study at her house. And the Bible study was actually a best more Bible study. And I found out there that Jesus loved me, no matter my brokenness, my hurt, my pain, all the things that I went through my sin, life, everything. He still loved me. He still cared for me. He had great grace for me. And through that Bible study, I gave my heart to the Lord. And so Beth Moore was probably the biggest influence on my life. So that's kind of where I always steer back to. Priscilla Shearer 
I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but, and then another one, she's actually one of my dear friends. She lives in Nashville, Tennessee. Her name is Jenny Simmons, and she's in, and she was part of the Addison Road Band. But her book, um, Becoming, is absolutely amazing for anyone going through a grief journey. Uh, she, let me tell you, that girl has a grief journey, and her book, Becoming, is absolutely inspiring and awesome. And so that's probably my biggest there. So what you're saying, it's really important to have heroes and it's really important to have people you look up to. And you said a word that sticks out to me. Um, it's grace. I love that mm-hmm. you said grace is what has been helping you throughout studying, you know, Beth Moore and from your best friend, you know, I'm reading the book Becoming. Grace is such a powerful word. And I want Lip Talk Nation to really rest in that word today, especially if they are grieving, because there is grace. And I thank you so much, Amber, for taking this time to pour your heart out to myself and to Lip Talk Nation. But we're going to switch gears a little bit, okay? And we're going to switch it to getting to know you on a different level. We call it our lightning round. And they're fun questions. And Amber, you you don't have to really think about them. You just say the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Take it away. All right. The first question, which is my favorite question, is if you could have a superpower, what would it be? It would probably be to take away brokenness in the world, to take away hurt, pain, all the things that we feel and battle with every day. Okay. Let's join together. Superpower. Take away pain. I love it. All right. How do you like your coffee? I'm not really a big coffee drinker. I'm more of a tea drinker. Um, But when I do drink coffee, I drink it with cream. Okay. I like that you're a sweet tea girl from Kentucky. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay. So could you tell us a little bit about your most embarrassing moment? Don't be shy. Oh, my goodness. Probably when I was in high school and we were actually walking into a pep rally. And it was raining outside, and the school building was opposite of the gym, so we had to walk outside, and my feet were wet, and I was wearing my Converse tennis shoes, because that's what was cool then. And uh, I stepped on the step, and I slid down about nine or ten steps. And the whole school saw me. And it literally embarrassed me to death. I'll never forget that day. I'm sure that moment made you stronger, though. You recovered, right? (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly oh wow I don't know how to recover from that right now I'm just kidding that sounds pretty embarrassing but I'm so glad that you're strong now all right so what is your favorite movie favorite movie my favorite movie is Gone with the Wind actually I love Gone with the Wind it is one of my favorites all-time classic I'm an old school girl and so I love old movies but I love Vivian Lee and Gone with the Wind. Absolutely my favorite. I love classics, too. That's a great answer right there, Amber. All right, so I have one final question for you in this lightning round, and there's a big debate about it. I just got to tell you. How does your toilet paper roll? Is it top or is it bottom? It's totally top. (laughs) Totally top. (laughs) Totally top. I got to put that down. Yeah, and... And and if I go in a bathroom where it's bottom, I'll probably flip it to top. Oh, my. That's what we call OCD, Amber. No, I'm just kidding. That's yeah, exactly. really funny. I am a little OCD, so that would, that would surprise me at all. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Amber, for sharing this part of your journey as well. But I have uh, one final question that I want the listeners to know is um, some of them out there are facing their own obstacles, but want to conquer them. So what would be your final advice to give them? Last thing I want you to know is the worst thing is never the last thing. The darkest nights lead to the brightest sunrises. The mercy of God is a rock in the middle of a raging storm. He's steady, unmovable, and we can always seek his great comfort and in knowing he has hope for our future. And so if we just believe that and we live into it, I always picture when I'm going through rough times, I'm picturing this big rock out in the middle of the ocean, and every single time a wave comes up on me and it hits me, I'm just gripping that rock, and I'm holding on because I know eventually that the storm is going to pass, and I'll be able to stand up on that rock again, and I'll be okay. And so no matter what is against you, it is no match for the power and the authority that God has given you access to. Now, if you use that authority properly, you can do great things with your pain and your hurt. It's all about how you use it, though. And so I encourage you, use the energy that has broken you, take it and flip it. Because guess what? You're going to blow the doors off and you are going to make Satan, you know, just pray that you don't wake up every morning. Because he knows when your feet hit that floor that there's no stopping you and there's no going back. And that's what you want to do. Take your pain and use it for good and bless other people. Hope that answered you, Laura. It sure does. Powerful words, Amber. And I really hope, Lip Talk Nation, that you grabbed a hold of all the value that you heard today. And maybe you need to re-listen to it and take notes. Thank you, Amber, for letting us get to know you as a successful entrepreneur and also on a deeper level. I know that you've added value to myself and Lip Talk Nation. So will you share with us where we can find out more about you? Absolutely. I would be honored to. You can follow me on Facebook. My fan page is facebook.com slash Amber May, like the month, M-A-Y, Chin, C-H-I-N. And you can follow me. I post things on there every day. I post videos. Uh, I do uh, interviews like this. And you can follow me on there. That's the best way to get in touch with me. So, Okay, thank you, Amber. I follow you pretty faithfully, too, and I'll give a shout-out as well on my page. So thank you for sharing that. And once again, Amber, thank you for spending time with us at Life in Purple, where the broken can heal and the successful can conquer. It's been a pleasure hearing your story and letting our listeners glean from your experience. Lip Talk Nation, if you have enjoyed today's episode or one of our previous episodes, I would love to hear from you. And if you're an iPhone user, go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And for Android users, send me a quick email to laura at laurasprag.com. And as always, what you say is what you become.